1: That's why every car we sell is CarMax-certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, guys. What we're doing on tonight's show is listening to the most recent edition of Metal Wraps. This was recorded last Sunday, September 11th, 2016, It features myself, I am Mark Striegel, along with my two buddies, Mitch Joel and Mitch LaFon, And uh, you know the drill. We talk for, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. This one's more on the 30-minute side. So check it out and enjoy it. And give us a, a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Here you go.
0: Well, hey there, and welcome to episode number 33 of Metal Raps. My name is Mitch Joel, and as always, I am joined by Talking Metal's Mark Striegel. Mark, how's it going?
1: Good, Mitch. How are you?
0: Great. And of course, we are also with the other Mitch, the one-on-one with Mitch Lafon. Mitch Lafon.
2: Good day. Good day. Always a pleasure to do these. 33. Who knew we'd get this far?
0: And here we are, which is exciting. So I think I was the most uh, metal concert-attending person in the group – Last week, I was in Cleveland, Ohio, doing the closing keynote of the first day of Content Marketing World. And cool. this is one of these strange stories where like, I actually frantically had to call Mitch LaFont on the phone. Here's what happens. I get in Cleveland, Ohio, check into the hotel, walking to get my bachelor conference, and I hear somebody say that tonight they're going to see ACDC. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa what, 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 what? And I sort of stopped them and go, sorry, it, it, here in Cleveland? They're like, yeah, apparently this was one of the make dates that they had to do. Um, it was not a stadium show. It was actually moved to the Quicken Loans Arena. So that's the sort of basketball or if you're in Canada, hockey size arena. Axel, of course, uh, from GNR, back with ACDC non-broken leg, and I sort of frantically went on StubHub, didn't see any great tickets, texted Mitch, called Mitch, nothing could be done, and then by I don't know what the graces of whomever, there was one seat on Ticketmaster that was just prime and pumped, and if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see some uh, pretty interesting live videos and and pictures that I posted, but I will tell you this, and I don't know, um, Mark, if you caught the show
1: or not. Not yet. I go on Wednesday.
0: Uh, Awesome. I, I got to say, I, you know, Mitch Lafon keeps joking that I have to eat crow and everything I say about Axl Rose, and this is definitely me falling on the sword, on my knees, full brunt, face in mud, um, incredible show. I'll tell you a couple things that were great. You know, one is, like I said, getting to see them in an arena with Axl without a broken leg, with ACDCs just felt to me like a moment in time that not many people will get to experience, so that was one thing. But I was really skeptical of Axl because I'd seen a bunch of videos And I'd seen that, you know, three, four songs in, gets a little pitchy, gets a little sort of mic to the crowd, um, you know, maybe sort of doesn't go for all the high notes. This show was insane and Axel killed it. I mean, he did not go anywhere but exactly where the high notes called to go carried it through the whole show to the point where even at the end was doing sort of off-kilter crazy screams and I'll tell you what was most amazing about this show for me is that it was a, a regular arena show and I just figured this is going to be your standard 11 p.m. curfew going on and I had to leave at 11:45, and there were still about three or four songs left according to setlist fm it was just I mean they kept going and playing and going and playing wow. and it really was a fantastic show,
1: what time did was, they start?
0: They were pretty tight. I mean, I had heard a, a start time around nine p m There was an opening band, and they went on you know shortly thereafter. it wasn't that bad at all and you know, all guns blazing, the band sounded amazing. Axel sounded incredible. I have my own full version of Back in Black that I haven't posted on Facebook, but I'll try and sort of get it up maybe on YouTube because it just I want people to really see what this is. A couple of the videos I remember, Mark, you were speaking earlier about um, Angus is playing on a couple of the songs. Right. Particularly, there's some video of Thunderstruck, and you feel that a little bit. But when he when he's not forced to play fast and he's in that sort of bluesy, his own feel of solo, you would think he's 19. Still It's unbelievable wow. to watch and see unbelievable show.
1: Wow. Well, I can't so, wait. I'm going on uh, Wednesday for their makeup show at Madison square garden. So can't wait.
0: And that's also an arena show that you've got.
1: Yeah. Which, which was originally scheduled at Madison square garden in April. Um, I have the tickets right here in front of me, but, uh, so am I wrong? What was this? Not a stadium tour? Well, am I wrong well, I think you are wrong. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on Cleveland, but uh, I'm pulling out my tickets right now. Yeah. It's, uh, well,
2: well, it's, let me jump um, in on that because the answer is April yes fourth. No. Yeah. The first leg that they did last year that came to the Olympic Stadium in Montreal was let's do the stadium things. And then this was a second leg which had moved into the arenas in North America. In Europe, Correct. it was still doing, uh, doing stadiums. And so these are the makeup dates of the second leg of the arena dates. So it's both a stadium tour and an arena tour, if, if that sort of all made sense right there. Yeah. But but and the and if I, if tour- I had to
1: guess what you saw mitch in cleveland i would think that that probably was originally scheduled for an arena because okay right um, yeah the stadium tour they it was a second leg yeah i saw the the stadium tour at at metlife the same place i uh, we just saw guns and roses and that um that uh that that was awesome and i'm guessing sold out and then they uh came back around and did did an arena tour which then they bailed on you know because of brian johnson
0: so the show that you saw mitch in montreal the olympic stadium that was with brian johnson
1: um i actually
2: didn't get to go to it for for whatever reason but it was a brian johnson show absolutely
0: Great set list. Uh, I'm not going to blow it all for for you, Mark, in terms of what goes where, but everything from You Shook Me All Night Long to TNT to a whole lot of Rosie to Highway to Hell to Back in Black to a whole bunch of surprises to great set list, great energy uh, the whole way through. Uh, You are going to have an incredible night. Goon.
1: Can't wait. My babysitter has to leave at, at midnight though. So it, <laughs> if they're still, yeah, if, if they're still uh, if they're still playing. Yeah, I don't know if I can. But...
2: Send your wife home in a taxi. But
1: yeah. I was possibly. yeah,
2: I was disappointed
0: when I went on to Setlist FM and saw what I missed. So you might really? want to okay. pack the babysitter for a little
2: bit later on that okay. one for All sure. Right. All right,
1: very good. Here, very here's
2: good. the question though. What's the future of ACDC now? Do they do some more shows later on with, with Axel? <laughs> do they get Brian back or is it just like, Hey, you know what? We're done. Like, where do you see it going? M- me? Either one of you. Yeah. Mark, you, you start.
1: Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think they're in a, a strange position now because, you know, Cliff Williams has come out and said he, he's done after this run of makeup shows with, with Axel. and, basically at that point, it's just Angus now. It's, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know. I think, uh, Angus has said that, that he's not sure what he's going to, what he's going to keep doing. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. And, and I, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think it's probably over. That's my, my gut. Uh, initially I was thinking, it would. I, I think, Uh, it's tough i'd love to see a a a studio record with axel (laughs) i think that would be amazing there you go nice i think it would be an anomaly a a little freaky a little strange but for me personally yeah i'd love to see that that would be great
2: i mean somebody good
1: to produce it too like i I feel like the last couple records by acdc for me personally have have not been amazing they've just been kind of good and yeah like they sound like kind of ACDC, but they just don't have that fire that some of the early Brian Johnson stuff and all the Bon Scott stuff had I would love to see him bring in some sort of good producer who can help him go back to that just raw sound and and do do one more record with Axel that'd be great I'd love that I'd love that
0: yeah I think I think pushing it further they're in a really precarious situation it's 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 both great you know Chris Slade was brought in as a drummer because all the issues they had with He who shall remain nameless because he's basically criminal issues going on there. And yeah, it just sounds like it's Angus. Um, You know, Mark's going to go in the direction of studio album. I would love to see some sort of like Vegas thing where Angus brings in a bunch of real killer singers and goes at it with like a whole sort of like almost a tribute to the music of. Um and then again wishful thinking would be that Brian somehow manages to reconcile with Angus and something can be reconciled and pulled together and I I'd, I'd be into that too. I thought that Brian was doing a bang up job up until everything seemed to implode. Right. Definitely. Mitch, well what do you want to have happen?
2: Oh easy. Uh a a live album of some kind or a live DVD package of what just went on with Axel. And I agree with Axel absolutely because he he killed those songs. It, to have Back in Black with Axel's voice in my record collection would be would be absolutely stunning. And then listen, a new album with Axel. I, I it's nice to have Brian there and stuff. I have nothing against Brian, but I think the future for ACDC lies with Axel. And I know that sounds strange to say, but I think it created an excitement not seen in rock in many, many years, and I think it should go on for three or four years. It shouldn't just be sort of this one and one and done summer kind of thing. It it should be you know 2020 the the farewell tour with Axel and you know whoever on bass. If Tommy Stinson can come and play bass, I don't care. Just let's just keep it going. I'll yeah. tell you an interesting story, too, that happened at this
0: show that I'm not sure I captured, but I'm going to sort of parlay against the person who told me the story. But good buddy of mine is Jason Miller. You can check out his photography. I think it's Rock and Roll Cocktail. He's an amazing concert photographer, also happens to be in a similar world as I am. He's a very senior guy at LinkedIn, believe it or not. And he literally jumps into shows and shoot shows, and he shot uh, that show. And he told me – I didn't see this. He said the people were booing Axel – And then Axel sort of went out on the elongated stage and sort of, like, put his hand out, like, this is my arena. Like, I'm going to do this. And obviously Axel totally killed it that night and, and was great. Or he had said something to Angus, like, they're not booing you, they're booing me. And he made a comment like that. So... It, again, even when I posted this stuff on Facebook, you know, Mitch, you had shared some of it. You saw some of the vitriol that comes in. People really – there is a strong sentiment that this is a cover band and no longer ACDC. So I, I don't know how this is going to sway. Hmm. Yeah, personal. well,
2: I, I know how I want it to sway. So we'll we'll see. Only time will know. Only time Mark, will
0: tell. Look for that, too, when you see the show. I'm curious to see how New York reacts to that and if there is any of that booing as well. Right. Uh, Look, while we're on the st- subject of, of GNR and arenas uh, versus stadiums, GNR had a pretty insane run, apparently, with these stadiums. The the numbers were really, really staggering. Uh, they generated, what was it, $100 million or over $100 million? $117 million. Unbelievable. Over 1 million tickets sold. Uh, which is really a staggering amount for any rock bands. This is basically what I'm 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 leading to understand is about twenty five concerts in twenty one different stadiums. And the big news, and Mark you had talked about this before yeah. we hopped on, was what happened at the MetLife Stadium, which is what, which is an amazing thing that they basically did something like close to twelve million bucks just at the MetLife Stadium two shows, over a hundred thousand fans in those two concerts. Yeah. That's just unbelievable.
1: Which we're we're in New yeah. Jersey but of course were the were the New York shows so you had people coming in from Long Island and New York City and all over New Jersey for those Yeah so I guess it's it, it's it's mind-boggling but maybe maybe not that surprising when you look at the big picture you know Well
0: yeah, look you know and, where you know where I sit on this I'm I'm, st- I'm not I'm not only staggered that it made it out of out of the garage and out of the rehearsal studio onto the road like that I mean I saw that number and I I just I couldn't believe it Mitch you were going to say
2: well it also stimulated back catalog sales which is not accounted for in that 117 million i don't have the numbers in front of me but apparently appetite and chinese and all the back catalog shot up like 130 percent or something astronomical so it made it, you know 117 on ticket sales but i don't even know if that includes merch and it certainly doesn't incul- include back catalog stimulation and overall they must have easily made who knows 150 200 with if you factor in absolutely everything so you know kudos to the
0: guys Look, we've ranted about this so many times on so many episodes, even leading up to the rumors that this might happen, which is going back you know, a long, long time now. And I wonder if you see a correlation between this number coming out and a tweet that's gone insanely viral, which is from Izzy Stradlin, former guitarist in the band,
2: who, Mitch, why don't you... Do you have the exact tweet? Do you know what he said? Yeah, well, I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but I can look it up. But he he basically said um i wasn't part of this because they didn't want to distribute the dole out the money equally or something like that now everybody he, he didn't mention guns and roses by name but a lot of people did the two plus two and came up with ah he's taking a shot at guns and uh you know listen it, it's hard to say if he deserves a fifth there's those that say well he wrote the songs he did but he quit in 1991 there, there's got to be something about if you walk away you don't get to come back and 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 jump right back into the game at at equal share. I mean, it's it's might be nasty to say, but that's how I feel about it.
0: I I just wondered if the, the timing seems strange that that tweet really came out right around the same time that the numbers were announced. Mark, did you did you happen to connect those little dots? Oh yeah, definitely,
1: definitely. And and I I think, you know, he was sure he he really did provide some great songwriting and was absolutely uh, a, a, an important element as all five of them were on on that first record and the illusion records too of course but um and lies 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 and all that but yeah i i, I don't know i i feel like I don't know something about 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 the uh, Izzy. I I feel like he should have. Uh, I I know they most likely. It sounds like from his his tweet that they they offered him some money to come do some songs with him, with them or whatever, and he turned it down. In my opinion, he should have taken what he what he could what he could get and 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 ran with it. You know. Yeah,
2: because. Just- Zero is a lot less than what he would have. Anyway, I have right. the tweet. It says, bullshit. They didn't want to split the loot equally. Simple as that. Moving right along. Doesn't mention Guns N' Roses, but you got to think that that's what he was referring to. Yeah. And I,
0: I, don't, I, I don't know if you can move right along when you see a number like $120 million. Exactly. It can't be just the, you know, whatever,
1: move along. Well, you know, what, here's the question What would the tour have made? Because with izzy on board you know 117
2: million okay but but here but here's the
0: thing and this is i i always call this what i call the who question right the who question is you have a band where it's basically pete townsend and roger daltrey it is impossible not to think of obviously keith Moon passed away but john still on the bass you know really important to the sound but i do still believe that it is it is Roger Daltrey and Pete Towns. I, I believe that. And I'm a bass player and I love John Entwistle. But the band always split it four ways. It's just how they operate. Same with Van how they acted. back in the day. So, right. And so. The police, same thing. Yeah, so if you think about it, I, I actually don't think it's it's just G and R. I think it's almost every band. You always have one or two who are the ones who are more in the spotlight. And I think it's the function of the band that says, listen, we're still going to go out this as a band. Like, look at Maroon 5. You may not like the band, but just look at Adam Lafine's star versus the others. He goes out, they go out as a band. As far as I know, it's split evenly. Now, you could go, well, Adam's a fool for doing that, or Adam's a really smart guy because he keeps his band together that way. I don't think there's a right or wrong in this scenario, so I don't think it's about would the tour have generated more if Izzy was on it. I think it's more a question of would the tour have been more interesting had it really been Steve Adler, Izzy Stradlin, you know, whoever else was going to float in from those sort of earlier days? So again, I don't think it's just a question of earning more. I think it's a question of more of is this still a reunion versus it being the GNR band with you know the the addition of Slash?
1: Yeah, well, yeah it wasn't yeah. a reunion. Axel, I don't think Axel wanted it to be a reunion. They played four Chinese democracy songs most nights you know it was like
2: th- well apparently this... Slash and Duff offered to do those and Axel never asked mm. apparently
1: yeah that's that's what Axel said in in the interview but right yeah uh, i i i think i don't know how Axel views this but i think Axel views it as my guess is he views it that this is Duff and Slash rejoining the band, you know, and and some other little shakeups, you know, Pittman was out and uh, Well, it was Duff the
2: return of Guns N' Roses, remember that. It was called the return officially, not not the reunion. But uh, the other thing you have to look for also is the long-term arc on this. With Slash and Duff and they're making the money, this probably could go on two, three, four, maybe five years. You bring in Steven and Izzy, who knows? It might have imploded before we got out of rehearsal. It might have imploded by May. It, you know, the, the, yes, it would have been more interesting. And yes, it would have been more of the real thing. And yes, it would have been a reunion. But it also might not have gone on. And if they're looking at playing into 2017, you know, Izzy and Steven might not have have come along for the ride. And so they put all this effort into making something happen. And that it implodes, but with Slash and Duff and Frank and Richard, you know, for better or for worse, it's going to move forward until you decide we don't want it to move forward anymore. So there's also that to take into consideration. And
0: I got to say, after, again, seeing Axel with ACDC, that lack of volatility and seeing the persistence of his voice and the power of it, I I really do have a newfound energy and excitement over GNR. And even if they did a studio album or you just said continued going out on tour, I don't think they're in that place of implosion, even because of what typically we would have seen as the volatility of Axel just doesn't seem to be there anymore. It just seems to be killing it.
2: Right. And they might have been if they had all original five guys, because some of the old wounds might have opened up. You you don't know. So, you know, I think we got the three guys that make a huge difference to the live show. Izzy makes a huge difference in the studio with the songs. But, you know, I think we got the best that that's available right now and good for the band, good for the hundred and seventeen million they made, mm-hmm. you know. Last thought before we bail, because I know
0: we're running a little long here, but I want to talk about what is looking like a serious and major upcoming Metallica tour. I got to say, when they launched Hardwired and loved the song and was watching the videos and they're releasing the book and all that stuff, I really thought this was going to be more of a fly-in tour. Do a Thursday, a Saturday, Sunday, one here, one there. It looks like what we are seeing is Metallica is going to do like a hardcore, massive tour again. Am I just – be wrong about that or is that what's happening mark
1: um that's what it sounds like and i tell you i can't i can't wait i mean i know, can't the, wait. The, gun, the guns thing was was enormous for me the the sabbath thing i just saw them a couple weeks ago uh enormous it's like i need something next year that's that's just gonna get me get me really you know worked up and excited and that's it it's metallica i, I definitely want to catch this tour numerous times you know, like Mitch and I, Mitch Lafon and I have spoken about the fact that they always mix up the set list is, is is also awesome. I mean, Guns mix the set list up a little bit, but so many of these bands that we love, Kiss, Sabbath, Maiden, they just go out and they do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Well, I, it's I...
2: hard to change the tape that they're playing to some of those bands. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm.
1: right. Well, I, I don't know about <laughs> Maiden, Maiden. I Maiden I don't think Maiden. Or You know, Sabbath, I just saw them, man. I'm I'm you know, Ozzy's voice in New Jersey was so freaking good and we were right up front and there's no way I was watching him like every time his lips moved. There was no way it was a tape. There was no way. And No, but there was a couple men behind the curtains there from what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, Adam Wakeman who has been on the show recently with us, but uh but I He's really the only guy behind the curtain, I think, at this point. But might be wrong about that.
0: Super interesting. So we might as well now go into what we've been listening to and checking out. Um, I'll start with you, Mitch. What have you been checking out?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I have been checking out a CD called Live at the Rambling Man Fair. It is a concert that was put out in England earlier this year that featured Thin Lizzy, Thunder, uh inglorious and a whole bunch of other things over on pledge music they they made this triple cd one song from every band and it's raising money for a charity and so it's, it's just a great little package and and in the car i've made a 40 song van halen playlist that has been keeping me entertained so those are them for this week amazing mitch what are you checking out Mark or
0: Mark, <laughs> sorry, Mark, <laughs> Mark. No worries. Uh, you know, you know what surprised we me. We need a third Mitch. We really do. But yeah. Mark, He's, are you willing to change your name legally to Mitch no. Regal? <laughs> not,
2: not yet.
1: Maybe by episode fifty, we'll see. <laughs> uh, that would
2: be great. The, triple M, go ahead.
1: Yeah, the uh, Jackal. The, they have a new record out. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Rowico Ro- is Ro- what just. Roico, yeah, yeah. Ro-E-Co. yeah. I, I honestly, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be. As good as it is, and and no disrespect towards Jackal, but, uh, you know, I I think I'm interviewing Jesse in a couple weeks, and somebody sent me the record, and I checked it out, and I put it on, you know, not not expecting much, and wow, it's great. The song's have that blues hard rock metal thing going it's it's his voice sounds fantastic really well crafted songs some of the goofiness that we expect from jackal but also some of the just straight ahead hard rocker songs hard hard rock and blues songs and it's a really fun listen
0: Cool, um, I'm checking out local band Slaves on Dope. They are back right. with a brand new album called Horse. They have a new single out, which features uh, which guy from Run DMC? Who who who's, who's the Gerald
2: McDaniel's? And guess who set that up for? Jason?
0: Yeah, our own little Mitch Lafon helped help put to make right. the magic happen with our great album. Uh, yep. coming out really, really soon. Also, brand-new album that I'm really liking is Of Mice and Men, uh, Cold World. Um, big fan of the producer, David Bendeth, who was actually, back in the day, was the main a guy at BMG up here in Canada and a close friend of mine. So anytime he's working on an album, I sort of like check it out, and then here it comes out, and it's doing absolutely amazing. Uh, to speak to your Van Halen little playlist, the, the other thing I'll recommend is hopping over to YouTube and doing a search for The Circle, which is Sammy Hagar's band, yeah. Lots of live videos being featured up there. Band features him, Jason Bonham on drums, Michael Anthony on bass, and I can't remember the other guitarist's name. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but you get to hear all the Van Halen classics, and they're pretty awesome, and it's a lot of fun to check out. So Slaves on Dope, The Circle on YouTube, and of Mice and Men's Brand New Cold World. As always, we love uh, getting together and talking about metal. Um, Mitch, who do you have coming up on your show?
2: Well, I've got Simone Simons from Epica, Monty Pittman, who has a new solo album, and also he is Madonna's guitarist, and uh, a lot more, uh, a lot, lot more coming up. And what's happening on Talking Metal, Mark? Uh,
1: we have uh, we had recently Adam Wakeman from Ozzy's band, uh, which is a great interview. Great guy. He actually got us backstage at Black Sabbath, which is. Uh, a blast so much fun at that show but coming up we have randy jackson from zebra we have jeff tate we yeah. have john karabi all in the can ready to go um and possibly metal church that isn't recorded yet but um we'll see but yeah those three uh- in the can karabi tate and randy jackson
2: and, awesome. and if I may, I forgot one thing, uh, since we were speaking of, of Van Halen. I interviewed Mitch Malloy, who was technically the guy who replaced Sammy Hager. At least uh, they rehearsed together, they did a couple of songs, and he talks all about that. So that will be coming up as well. And I didn't give my opinion on Metallica. Yes, I see a full world tour coming up. So be ready, folks.
0: We're going to do multi-gigs multi, multi gigs is the plan for sure. Um, you can always find me at AtMitchJoel on Twitter. Check out my podcast. The other podcast was just called Groove, the No Trouble Podcast, where I'm slowly trying to build the largest oral history of electric bass players. Latest episode is up now with Tim Lefebvre, who actually, really interesting enough – was the bass player who played on the last David Bowie album? So pretty oh, amazing cool. artist, pretty amazing. And I've got coming up Doug Wimbish, who's mostly known now for playing in Living Color, and Rudy Sarzo, who is quite riot. Ozzy nice. Whitesnake on and on. So a little bit more of sort of more metal in that show. Lots lots of jazz usually, but that's yeah. Man, the that's guy a,
1: from uh, Tower of Power, what was that guy's name uh, that you interviewed?
0: A weather report.
1: Yeah, you a mean, weather report. Yeah, Natalia. Yeah, report.
0: Miroslav yeah. Vituos, who oh, okay. is a, yeah. a, a really fascinating guy as well, for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot a of fun interview. to do that show. Yeah. So you can check that out at com forward slash podcast or groove. Um, Mitch, let people know where they can
2: find you. At Mitch Lafon, M I T C H L A F O N, on Twitter and one on one, Mitch Lafon on Facebook. And uh, please listen to the show on iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. Uh, one-on-one with Miss Lafon, available everywhere for download.
1: And Mark? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to get the Facebook presence going a little more and posting Mitch's show, my show, Metal Rap Show, all on the Talking Metal Digital Facebook page. I used to have like numerous Talking Metal Facebook pages, but they recently let me combine them all into one page. So it's facebook.com slash talkingmetaldigital. Go give that a like.
0: Nice. We love it. All right. And we'll be back real soon with episode number 34 of Metal Raps.